Chicago police say the man is in critical condition. We're told SWAT teams are also at that scene since the gunman may have run inside a nearby home. former Trump Organization Executive Barbara Rest and Maya Wiley back with us. Hello to both of you. Uh, Barbara, what do you think about uh, the grand jury heating up here and those people going in? Uh, I think it's very good to have uh, uh, Jeff back. Apparently Jeff is immune, so he's talking on the fact that they're bringing back the comparison. Chicago police telling us he's the man who killed the father as he shielded his daughter from gunfire. CBS 2's Asal Razad is live in Gresham, where she just spoke with the father's family. Asal. Yeah, Brad, the victim's mother you're about to hear from tells me she was on the phone with her son when, she, when he was shot. Speaking through tears, she tells me she heard screams and then gunshots. Shield and protect Noriel and uh, keep her from being hit. 
While his daughter is okay, Miller, just 33 years old, did not make it. His parents say Miller was a twin, worked as a bartender, and had just moved to the west side for a fresh start. That was my boy. That was my son, my firstborn. And I want anybody that was out there that saw what happened to show us some love, to show us some support. You can't say nobody saw what happened. It was 7.30 on Queen Main Street. The family pleading tonight, if anyone saw something or knows any information on the shooting, to contact police. We're live in Gresham, as I'll reside, CBS 2 News. Now, draft strong words from the father there. Do we know if police have any indication if, if Mr. Miller might have been targeted, and if so, why? investigating right now they are looking for a positive possible motive detectives tell me they do not believe at this time that this was gang related brad mm. random maybe okay that's out thank you prosecutors mark wanted life in prison the defense wanted 20 years so the judge picked a different number Minutes before learning her sentence, an emotional Amber Pereira appeared to mouth something to herself over and over. This is a very serious case. As Judge Christopher Savella took the bench, a packed courtroom hung on his every word. He reminded Pereira of a jailhouse comment she made about her life being ruined. Yes, ma'am, your life is ruined, but you also ruined a lot of lives and ended three lives. It was two years ago. Amber Pereira was driving drunk on the Selman Expressway and slammed into the Philippic family, killing Louise, Rita, and their eight-year-old daughter, Georgia. On Friday, Rita's father did not hold back his rage. You've taken everything from us. You can't give it back. and nor will you ever give it back. I can't forgive you. There is no forgiveness for this. All of it becoming too much for this heartbroken father. I can't do this anymore. I need to end. Absolutely. Thank you. Tracy Kelly was driving the third car involved in the deadly crash. She survived, but her life as she knew it is over. I wake up several times at night from pain, but also from nightmares. My nightmares include being left at the scene, abandoned at the scene, screaming for help when you weren't there. Prosecutors asked the judge to throw Pereira in jail for life. The defense asked for 20 years. Judge Sabella slapped her with 50 years, which is pretty much a life sentence, the kind of closure Tracy Kelly was looking for. Knowing that she has now lost her life and that she will spend her days in pain, just her not being happy every day brings joy to me. Now the judge made it clear that Pereira's actions after the crash showed that she only cared about protecting herself. A cat, sad case all the way around, Mark. Yeah, don't drive drunk, huh? Thank mm -hmm. you.
vicious attack on a teenage girl outside a library left her paralyzed and blind. Kendrick Morris was supposed to serve 65 years in prison, but an appeals court ordered Morris resentenced because he was a teenager when that crime happened. Well, today, the judge came down even harder on him. Fox 13's Aaron Mesmer is here to explain exactly what happened, Aaron. Linda, when Kendrick Morris was initially sentenced, the law prevented him from receiving life in prison because he was too young. That law has since been changed, and with Morris's fate back in the hands of a Hillsborough County judge, that judge made a very clear decision. Life sentences are the only appropriate sentences in this case. A life sentence for a rapist who left a young woman for dead nine years ago. I want to say that it's a victory, but it seems wrong to say that. Kendrick Morris showed little emotion as the judge read his decision. Afterward, the loved ones of the woman he nearly killed shared a tearful embrace. I believe justice was served, but in the end, you know, both lives now are sentenced to life. Life in prison is the outcome Anna Donato wanted for Morris. In 2008, he was 16 years old when he raped and beat Anna's then 18-year-old sister, Quina, outside the Bloomingdale Library, leaving her paralyzed and blind. I know that she needs the closure. Closure has been hard to find for Quina and is something her family keeps praying for, as they did over the weekend. Morris was initially sentenced to 65 years without parole, but an appeals court determined he needed to have the chance for parole because he was a juvenile at the time of the crime, and ordered him to be resentenced. These crimes were particularly atrocious and cruel. Judge Chet Tharp read through Morris's crimes, which include another violent rape in 2007. The judge could have shortened the sentence. Instead, he lengthened it, and he got choked up as he recounted Queen's story. She was unresponsive. <clears throat> Having Here are 20 of the best and funniest moments with fans in sports. Before we get started, don't forget to like the video and subscribe to the channel with notifications on or you'll have bad luck. What? No, I'm kidding, but subscribe to the channel to make sure you never miss a video. All right, let's... The conduct is despicable. And the conduct is unacceptable, and I think we have to say that pretty clearly. Nurses, doctors, and patients all watched from the windows of Vancouver General Hospital Wednesday as a sea of protesters marched below, demonstrating against the very measures put in place to save lives. A day later, and they say they are still shaken from the experience and the message it left behind. Freedom! Freedom! It was horrible, horrible to watch. If I, if I was, you know not sick i'm a very angry man usually most of the time at things like that and i would have gladly stepped into the middle of the crowd and started yelling at people but unfortunately I, a cold or a flu could kill me we spoke with multiple bc cancer patients forced to walk through the mob of protesters wednesday to get to their chemotherapy appointments because their volunteer drivers couldn't make it through probably i'd say at least a couple kilometers away and my appointment time was imminent of course so i elected to walk thinking that it was I, I could I could make it that far I can't walk very far I don't have a lot of energy with the with the chemotherapy but uh, I, I did make it having to go through the crowds of unvaccinated people with no masks on and myself being extremely immunocompromised um, I was uh, I was ashamed 
I was ashamed of these people doing that. So the traffic is really bad too, because after chemo, I have some setting tracks. So it's like a nausea is a dizzy or something. I was suffering in the car almost throughout. Healthcare workers saving lives on the front line say what happened Wednesday only made them feel more burned out. For them to blockade, you know, the institutions that will have to care for those that get sick, it's very discouraging. I mean, it, it's hard to continue forward for most of us on a good day. You know, it's just a very draining, you know, drawn out pandemic. Quite disheartened. Um, I was angry. Uh, I think I felt the frustration that many uh, frontline healthcare workers feel that we've been working so hard during this pandemic, even before this pandemic, leaving our, our lives or our families, going into uh, places where we know COVID is rampant and trying to protect our own families. And then to do that and have this, these protests take place, you know, on our streets, in our workplaces. It was very disheartening, and I have to say it was disrespectful as well. What are you What are you doing here today? Well, I just came to, I guess, do the opposite of what we all saw happen here yesterday. One Vancouverite decided to show hospital workers they are cared about, spending hours cleaning up garbage outside of VGH Thursday afternoon. Just show my support for the healthcare workers um, as we kind of enter into the next wave of the pandemic and uh yeah while i was out walking around i just figured i'd pick up some garbage be a little bit productive maybe make some of our healthcare workers walk home a little bit nicer provincial health minister adrian dix called the demonstrations a deliberate act of hostility behavior that's really unacceptable and uh you know we we have freedom in this country and we have the right to express ourselves but with that that right comes responsibility and behaving this way and hurting other people this way is not what people should do and so i condemn it utterly in vancouver ashley burr city news can i start off by saying that we have great news today we have zero new cases it's a double donut day which is fantastic news we have 18 active cases at the moment 1,982 total cases, and we've had 16,613 tests in the past 24 hours. So once again, that's a great sign that people are getting tested. And like I said, it is absolutely significant that as many people as possible go and get tested. So, and in more good news, we've had another good day for vaccine delivery, 21,723 vaccines delivered by Queensland Health. And we now have 51.65% of eligible Queenslanders have had one dose and 32.9% have had two doses. So it's really important uh, that Queenslanders go and get vaccinated. Uh, yesterday we announced that the Cairns Convention Centre will be opening soon for vaccination. We really need people to go and get their vaccine. This is our window of opportunity to go and get vaccinated before we see um, another issue arise here. So today isn't just good news, it's a great news day. We have no cases, lots of testing, and of course the vaccine progress is underway. The Gold Coast family who travelled to Victoria have tested negative. That is excellent news. Dr Young is confident that the risks of the two truck drivers is low. That's great news. And we know that eventually uh, there could be uh, cases that pop up, so that is why I'm urging Queenslanders to get vaccinated. That is absolutely important. Now, I just want to talk a little bit about um, uh, hotel capacity. So we've got some more good news there. So as as promised, from tomorrow, 50 rooms will become available for um, uh, 
people coming into uh, Queensland domestically. Uh, those people are being contacted today. And as we know, we did have a pressure cooker situation. Having that week respite has been really good. So I've just been advised by um, Queensland Health and by Queensland Police that from Monday, we will be available to offer 680 rooms. So that's excellent. That's because the, um, we've, had, we've had the opportunity for that week to ease the pressure. And of course, we know that September, October, we're gonna see less of those international flights coming in as well, which means that's great news that families will be able to come to Queensland. Uh, so this afternoon, um, I'll talk a bit more about this later, there's going to be a National Cabinet meeting. Um, I'm looking forward to that meeting. Um, we'll be getting some updated information on the Doherty modelling. And of course, there'll be a paper circulated, I understand, about hospital uh, capacity. We haven't received that paper yet, but I look forward to getting briefed on that paper. Uh, let me just say this to Queenslanders, my job is to keep you safe. We've had a double donut day today. We've got zero cases. Our economy is open. We have our Queensland lifestyle. Tonight, people will go to their cafes and pubs and local restaurants. 100 people will be able to gather in people's homes. Whether that's for a 21st birthday party, people will be able to come together for Father's Day on Sunday. This is the sort of Queensland I want. I wanna preserve our lifestyle. I wanna see Queenslanders being kept safe but we need to get our vaccination rates up. This is absolutely critical that we use this window of opportunity to get as many Queenslanders vaccinated. So when the virus does get here, we are well prepared. Um, people know me, I stand by what I believe in and I will always accept the advice of Dr. Young, but I will not be making decisions when I don't see detailed modelling. I'm asking very simple questions here of Scott Morrison and from the National Cabinet. I wanna see further detailed modelling. It is only fair and reasonable that we have a constructive debate in this country. And rather than picking fights and attacks, let's have a decent, educated conversation. And there is nothing wrong with asking decent questions about the safety of families. We had a conversation early in the pandemic about aged care and then we saw how important it was to get our aged care residents and our workers vaccinated. Um, we know that the federal government is responsible for the supply of the vaccine. If we can get more supply, well then we can put more vaccines into people's arms. And now there is a very legitimate conversation where I'm asking questions about what happens to a cohort of young children who aren't vaccinated. These are legitimate questions that Queenslanders and Australians want answers to. It is not about being against a national plan. We are all for a national plan. I went through yesterday in the Queensland Parliament, the national plan which is clearly articulated and the phase that we are in, Queensland is doing everything that is part of that national plan. So let's have, let's have a educated um, conversation about these issues. These are real issues. And I think as a nation, we can come up with the answers. But rather than attacks, let's have a conversation.
If you want to get rid of insects, bed bugs, spiders, mice, and ants, keep this plant at your home. According to scientific research, there are harmful chemicals found in pest repellents that can be dangerous to you and to your pets. Luckily, there are many plants that are known to repel pests, spiders, mice, and ants. Here are some readily available plants and herbs that are known to repel those annoying pests. 1. Lavender. Lavender is a plant that has been in use for a long time to add a sweet scent and fragrance to homes and cloth wardrobes. Although the smell of lavender is pleasant to people, spiders and other undesirable insects loathe the smell. Place tied bouquets in strategic areas in your home or plant them in sunlit areas of your garden to keep the area pest free. Two, peppermint. You can get rid of those creepy crawly bugs and mice with a mixture of water and mint. You may like the scent of mint, but definitely mice and bugs don't. Scent of mint irritates mice's noses and blocks their trail pheromones. Basically, what you need to do is apply a small quantity of peppermint oil to areas where insects and mice might reach. For example, furniture, clothes, and even your skin. You can also place cotton bods soaked with a few drops of peppermint oil in the corner of your room or other strategic areas. 3. Rosemary The rosemary plant comes in several forms and is effective as an insect or bed bug repellent. 
It can be grown in a garden bed or indoors in a container. A simple way of creating a repellent spray from the plant is adding a cup of dried rosemary to water to be boiled, then squeezing the water from the rosemary plant into another container of cold water. Finally, store the rosemary water in the refrigerator and add it to spray or squirt bottles. Four, bay leaves. Bay leaves are common ingredients in sauces and soups, but they can also act as a natural insect repellent. When you sprinkle dried bay leaves around your house, they can be as effective in keeping off annoying insects as some common insecticide sprays would. However, the advantage is that there are no toxins involved and they are safe to be used in homes that have pets and children present. Five, thyme oil. Carbacrol and alpha-terpenine are compounds that come from the essential oil of thyme and are found to have good repellent characteristics. Studies have shown that when thyme oil is applied to the skin, it provides a 90% protection rate against mosquito and insect bites. In case of camping, putting some amount of fresh thyme in a campfire can provide protection for up to two hours. Pretty cool, right? Six, basil. Basil is known to add a delicious taste to salads, numerous pork, and chicken recipes. In addition, you can purchase an insect repellent or spray using fresh basil so that your summer fun is not disturbed by pesky insects. The homemade insect repellent calls for a small quantity of vodka, which is used as a carrier. Mix some vodka with the liquid obtained from the basil and shake gently. The mixture can be sprayed on the skin or clothes to repel those insects that trouble you. Seven, eucalyptus. Mice cannot withstand strong odors. This makes eucalyptus oil a good mean to keep them away. You can simply apply a few drops in the areas where you have discovered mice dropping or you can fill your home with a scent of eucalyptus oil using a diffuser. This is pleasant to humans, but a terrible and deadly smell to mice and rodents. Eight, catnip. There are essential oils found in the catnip plants, which have the ability to repel termites and bed bugs. Recent research from the US Department of Agriculture shows that termites would not burrow under a soil that has the presence of a catnip plant. Catnip, which has the scent that attracts cats, is repulsive to termites, ants, and mosquitoes. The plant contains mepilactum, a terpene that is proven to be effective at fending off insects. Nine, lemongrass. Citronella is found in lemongrass as natural oil and has the ability to keep ants, spiders, and other insects away. Whether you are attempting to keep away those pesky midges or blood-sucking mosquitoes, citronella oil can help you keep those bugs at bay. Do you know of other forms of repellents we skipped mentioning? Drop a comment below and remember to share with your friends and loved ones to help them live a life free of pests. Click on the subscribe button for more videos. Plants are living organisms. They come in many different shapes, sizes, and colors, but they all need air, water, nutrients, and sunlight to live. Plants cover much of our planet. Every blade of grass, tree, flower, bush, fern, or moss you see is a plant. Large or small, on the land or in the sea, from forests to deserts, plants are almost everywhere. Plants are so important to life on Earth that without them, we could not survive. 
plants create food from the sun's energy and form the foundation of nearly every food chain on the planet. Plants produce the oxygen in the air we breathe, helping animals to stay alive. Plants also create important habitats where animals can live and provide humans with many natural resources. So what makes something a plant? Plants are special on the cellular level. They are always made of more than one cell, meaning there are no single-celled plants, and their cells have special parts. One special part of a plant cell is the cell wall. Cell walls are rigid and unbending. Since plants do not have skeletons, these cell walls give them their structure. Without cell walls, tall trees, cactus, and even little flowers would not be able to stand up. Many plants are easy to recognize by their green leaves. In fact, most plants are green or have green parts. This green color is caused by another special part of their cells called chloroplasts. Chloroplasts contain chlorophyll, which is green. Chlorophyll is what allows plants to carry out photosynthesis and make food from the sun's energy. During photosynthesis, plants use the sun's energy to change water and carbon dioxide into a kind of sugar. They use this sugar to grow and develop and store the extra in their leaves, roots, or fruits. In addition to sugar, plants produce oxygen during photosynthesis. Since plants do not need the oxygen, they release it into the atmosphere where animals and people can breathe it in. Plants cannot move the same way that people or other animals do, so they have to have special strategies to solve their problems. For example, some plants cannot get enough nutrients from the soil they are growing in. The plants of eastern North American bogs have adapted to their nutrient-poor soils by getting extra nutrition from an unusual source, insects. One of these carnivorous plants, the sundew, has sticky fluid coating special hairs. This fluid has a sweet smell that attracts insects. When an insect lands on the hair, however, it becomes stuck, trapped by the plant and the fluid digests the prey, breaking it down into nutrients. Another kind of carnivorous plant is the pitcher plant. The pitcher of the plant is a modified leaf that is watertight. The plant fills it with a combination of nectar and digestive juices. The smell of the nectar and colors at the edge of the pitcher attract insects and other small visitors. But once inside, the prey find it too slippery to get out again and will fall into the pool at the bottom of the pitcher where they are digested. The most famous carnivorous plant is the Venus flytrap. It has specialized leaves that act like the mouth of the plant. Like the other carnivorous plants, its bait is sweetened nectar. Once prey climb onto the leaf, they activate the trigger hairs, which signal the plant to close its trap. 
long guard hairs interlock across the top of the leaves, preventing escape, and the prey is slowly digested. Unlike carnivorous plants, which are predators, most plants are prey for herbivores. They have developed strategies to help protect them from being eaten. One popular strategy plants like to use is to grow thorns, spines, or prickles. The cactus is famous for its sharp spines. Most cacti live in the desert, where water is a scarce and precious resource. Cacti store water in their thick, waxy stems. To prevent animals from consuming their carefully collected resources, they grow sharp spines, which deter all but the hungriest or most cautious of animals. A plant with another interesting defense is the sensitive plant. When its leaves are touched, they close up. This makes the leaves look dead or wilted and may send a hungry herbivore searching for a more tasty looking lunch. Finally, a popular plant defense strategy is to use chemicals to protect themselves. Some plants just use chemicals to give their leaves a bitter taste. Other plants have chemicals on them that can make us itchy. Still, other plants are poisonous, making animals that eat them get sick or even die. Animals learn not to eat these poisonous plants, and the plants can then grow undisturbed. One more problem that plants have to solve is the problem of how to get their seeds away from them. Plants do not want their seeds to grow right next to them because then they would be competing for the same resources. Some plants use the wind to spread their seeds. Some plants that live near water have seeds that can float and let the water carry their seeds away. A popular method plants use to spread their seeds is to have animals carry them away. Some seeds, called burrs, grow with hooks on their outsides. Burr. These hooks get caught on the fur of passing animals and are carried away to new areas. Other plants grow their seeds inside fruits or berries. Animals eat the fruit and it is digested but the seeds pass through unharmed and are dropped far away from the parent plant. These are people who are supposed to help those who are sick or are in need of medical treatment. Most doctors seen as a very good thing for society. Though we hope our doctors are nothing less than helpful and trustworthy, throughout history there have been extremely evil doctors who have ruined lives and even killed some of their patients. In the video today we're looking at 10 doctors who you probably wouldn't want to go to for your regular checkup. Number 10. Jack Kevorkian. 
So this one is going to be extremely controversial because Jack Avorkian is known for ending the lives of terminally ill patients through assisted suicide. He was a champion for the right and is often quoted as saying, dying is not a crime. It is said that he allowed 130 or more of his patients to die with his help. Kavorkian created his own euthanasia machines that would allow a patient to die in two ways. The first was a Thanatron, which used an IV to inject the patient with saline, sodium thiopentol, and potassium chloride. He also used the Mercitron, which involved the gas mask that utilized carbon monoxide. Eventually, his actions were investigated and he was arrested on charges of second-degree murder and served jail time from 1999 to 2007. We thought we'd mention Kevorkian first on this list because he's not necessarily evil, but he did kill a lot of people. Like I said, controversial one. Number nine, Walter Freeman. Though not your normal physician, Walter Freeman was a neurologist that graduated from Yale and the University of Pennsylvania Medical School. Even though he didn't set out with malicious intentions, Freeman completed over 3,500 lobotomies within the United States, most notably on Rosemary Kennedy. While today lobotomies are rarely used, Freeman helped to perfect them and made his claim to fame after being able to complete them successfully and heal the patient. However, Freeman seemed to become very zealous. He used an ice pick from his kitchen to once complete a lobotomy, and indeed completed over 20 lobotomies in a single day without the use of a surgeon, and he even allowed the media to watch a lobotomy be performed that ultimately ended in a death as the ice pick slipped into the patient's brain. Believe it or not, Freeman seemed unbothered by the man's death and continued to do another surgery. Number 8. Harry Howard Holmes, Herman Mudgett. Harry Howard Holmes was born Herman Mudgett and was the first serial killer to be hanged in America. He went to the University of Michigan Medical School in 1984 to become a doctor. During this time, he often stole bodies from the school laboratory and disfigured them and then claimed that the people had been killed accidentally. Through this, he was able to collect insurance from policies that he took out on each person. After he graduated, he moved to Chicago. Here, he convinced the local pharmacy worker to allow him to take over the ownership of a hotel. At the hotel, he experimented with bodies, often letting the women he chose to be victims suffocate to death. The bodies were often dissected, stripped of their flesh, and made into skeleton models. He then sold these models to medical schools. Number seven, Arnfinn Nesset. Though technically not a doctor but studying to be one, Arnfinn Nesset was a Norwegian nurse who was charged with killing 22 patients. All 22 of them were killed with a deadly injection of Curacid, which is a muscle-relaxing drug. Because of the choice of drug, the investigation to find Nesset guilty of his crimes was hard, Curacid. It's a drug that over time becomes very hard to trace within the body. The investigation lasted two years, and by the end of his five-month trial, he was convicted of killing all 22 people and was given 21 years in prison, which is the maximum of the Norwegian law. In 2004, he was released and is said to be living under a different name somewhere in Norway. Number six, Karl Klauberg. One of two Nazi medical doctors on the list, Karl Klauberg is one of the many doctors who conducted experiments at Nazi concentration camps, specifically at Auschwitz. After receiving the rank of chief doctor and studying gynecology, he became the professor of gynecology at the University of Konigsberg. After becoming a Nazi in 1933, Klauberg in 1942 approached Heinrich Himmler and suggested experiments concerning mass sterilization for women. Himmler agreed and assigned Klauberg to block number 10 in the camp. Klauberg desperately wanted to find a cheap and easy way to sterilize women. Oftentimes, he used liquid acid, which was injected into a woman's uterus. The women whose ovaries were damaged removed and then sent to Berlin for more research. Sometimes patients were killed in order for autopsies to be conducted. It is said that 300 women were experimented on during this time. Eventually, Kolberg was arrested, released, and arrested again. He died in 
Oswald's trial. Number five, John Bodkin Adams. John Bodkin Adams was a general practitioner who had a life full of killing and fraud. It is said that from 1946 to 1956, over 160 of his patients died suspiciously. Out of those who died, 132 of them left money or other valuables to him in their wills, which were later found out to be fraudulent and written by Adams himself. To kill his patients, Adams often used prescription drugs or painkillers, which were given in excess. He was taken to trial after many people noticed that a lot of his patients were dying rather quickly. He was also charged for fraud as he signed and wrote the patient's will without notice. His case did, however, establish the double effect in legal terms, which is when a doctor will give treatment in hopes of relieving pain, but will also shorten life. Number four, Harold Shipman. Harold Shipman stands as the only British doctor in history that has been found guilty of murdering his patients. Many say he is the most widely known and prolific serial killer in history. He has been convicted of killing 218 people, but the real number might be double that since some of the victims could not be identified. In 1974, he became a general practitioner in West Yorkshire, and a year later he was found forging prescriptions for pethidine for personal use. He was fined, but he continued to work. Over time, many of his patients died, mostly due to an injection of diamorphine. Many people were concerned about the ever-growing number of cremation forms that Shipman was countersigning. He was also charged with forging a patient's will. Though set to serve a lifetime sentence after being convicted of 15 murders in January of 2000, Shipman was put into jail for four years, but on the 13th of January 2004, he hanged himself in his prison cell. Number three, Michael Swango. Though only legally accused of three murders, many say that Michael Swango killed as few as 30 people, but as many as 60 during his career as a doctor in several different states and medical facilities. It all started when he entered Southern Illinois University Medical School and was said to have a fascination with dying patients. After graduating, despite being expelled, he was accepted for an internship at Ohio State University. On the floors that he worked on, nurses often saw that these patients, who were once healthy, would die without warning. At one point, a nurse saw him injecting something into a patient he never became ill. After losing the internship, he went back to Illinois and worked as an EMT where he would poison the paramedics. He was eventually arrested for possession of arsenic and other types of poison. After more deaths and conflicts, Swango was caught and admitted to killing three of his patients. Today, Swango is serving his life term in ADX Florence. Number two, Shiro Ishii. Shiro Ishii was a Japanese microbiologist as well as a physician. He was the Lieutenant General of Unit 731, which was a biological warfare unit during the Second Sino-Japanese War. Despite being known as pushy and self-centered, Ishii excelled in school and was stationed at the First Army Hospital in Tokyo. Those who supervised him were highly impressed, and he received postgraduate medical schooling at Kyoto Imperial University. In 1942, Ishii began his tests on germ warfare by using bombs, firearms, and other methods. He tested the germs on Chinese POWs as well as on civilians. He also used weapons on the battlefield. In any case, Ishii took human experimentation into his own hands, and it is said that tens of thousands of people died due to weapons that exposed them to anthrax, cholera, and the bubonic plague. He also did other experiments on people such as forced abortions, simulated heart attacks, strokes, hypothermia, and frostbite even sections. Number one, Josef Mengele. As a German SS officer as well as a Nazi physician, Josef Mengele is probably the most widely known name on this list. Known as the Angel of Death or even Beautiful Death, Mengele was the main physician in charge of determining which prisoners were best to keep as forced laborers 
who were too weak and needed to be killed. Not only did Mengele choose the fate of millions, he also was widely known for his human experiments. At Auschwitz, Mengele was highly interested in learning about heredity and often did experiments on identical twins. It is said that he took ten of them, put them to sleep, and then used chloroform to kill them and dissected each of them to compare the bodies. He also did an experiment where two twins were sewn together by their veins to make conjoined twins. Besides these experiments, he also conducted experiments on how to change eye color by injecting dye into the iris, amputating limbs, and attempting to reattach them. So I'm not going to ask if you enjoyed that video, but I do hope you found it interesting. If you did, please do hit that thumbs up button below. Don't forget to subscribe for brand new videos just like this every day of the week. Honestly, a little less dark most of the time, but you know, subscribe for our regular stuff. And as always, thank you for watching. your life behind and vanishing is surprisingly difficult to do. It is even harder when you are a criminal and you have a lot of people actively looking for you. And yet, it's not unheard of. D.B. Cooper is probably the most famous example of a criminal who disappeared without a trace. Lord Lucan managed it too. So did Frank Morris and the Anglin brothers after they escaped from Alcatraz. Of course, with criminals, there is always a strong possibility that they received some help and didn't disappear by choice. Either way, today we look at 10 people who seemingly vanished from the face of the earth, whose ultimate fate will probably remain a mystery forever. Forever. Number 10, Vincent Mangano. Following the Castellamarese War, he was one of the original five bosses when the commission was formed. Although the crime family that once shared his name is now called Gambino, Mangano served as its boss for 20 years and became known as the executioner. During that time, Mangano often butted heads with one of his underbosses, Albert Anastasia, aka the Mad Hatter. Anastasia was a fearsome opponent because he headed one of the deadliest crews in New York, the infamous Murdering. The feud between the two came to a head on April the 19th, 1951, when Vincent's brother and consigliere, Philip Mangano, was found dead in Brooklyn's Jamaica Bay. Police went to question Vincent Mangano about his brother's murder, but they couldn't find him. He disappeared on that same day and was never seen again. The most obvious scenario was that Anastasia killed them both to take over the crime family. This is likely what happened, although we cannot say with any certainty. Vincent Mangano's body was never found, and no informants ever indicated what happened to him. Number 9. Jesse Evans There was a time in the Old West when the name Jesse Evans was just as well-known and as feared as others, like Billy the Kid or Jesse James. He started his criminal career in the early 1870s, and a few years later joined up with the John Kinney Gang. Eventually, he left and formed his own posse called the Jesse Evans Gang, also known as The Boys. The Boys became part of Wild West legend when they acted as enforcers for the Murphy-Dolan faction during the Lincoln County War. This conflict over the control of dry goods and cattle interests left almost 25 men dead and turned Billy the Kid into one of the most notorious outlaws of the Old West. Even though his side won the war, Evans and his gang went on the run for killing an attorney. They engaged in several gunfights with rangers, and while many of his riding partners were gunned down, Evans was captured and sent to Huntsville Prison. On May the 23rd, 1882, Jesse Evans escaped and was never seen again. Speculating on what happened to Jesse Evans has been a long-favored pastime of Western historians. As early as the 1920s, researcher Robert Marlin claimed to have met a man named Joe Evans in Texas, whom he believed to be 
the escaped outlaw. Other historians all have stories they've heard from people claiming to be the relatives or friends of a friend who knew what happened to Evans. In 1948, Evans's brother died in Missouri and an elderly man named Joe Hines came forward to claim his land. He alleged that he was his sibling. Apparently, Hines convinced the investigator that he was the real Jesse Evans, but historians dismissed him as an imposter. Number 8. Sylvester Matushka Symphorophilia is a condition where the individual experiences arousal from staging and watching disasters such as fires or car crashes. It is the diagnosis that a psychiatrist would probably have given to Sylvester Matushka, a Hungarian engineer who used dynamite to derail trains in the early 1930s. Matushka's first two attempts were unsuccessful. Then, on August 8, 1931, he derailed the Berlin Basel Express south of the German capital. Dozens of people were injured, but fortunately there were no fatalities. His second derailment was a lot deadlier. On the 13th of September, he attacked the Vienna Express as it was going over the Atabagi Bridge in Hungary. The explosion caused multiple coaches and the train engine to plunge into the ravine below. 22 people died and over 120 were injured. Matushka was caught at the scene and, although he temporarily managed to pass himself off as a passenger, he was arrested later. Although convicted in Austria, Matushka was extradited to Hungary and imprisoned in Bax. From there, his movements became uncertain. It appears that the bomber managed to escape prison during World War II. Some reports even claim that he served in the war as an explosives expert and later in the Korean War, but these remain nothing but rumors and speculation. Number 7. Boston Corbett Unlike others in this list, Thomas Boston Corbett didn't earn his notoriety from his criminal activities, but rather for becoming Lincoln's Avenger. He was part of the cavalry regiment that pursued John Wilkes Booth after he killed Lincoln, and Corbett was the man who gunned down the traitor on April the 26th, 1865. This actually got him in trouble at first, because Washington gave explicit orders to bring Booth alive so that he may be questioned about his accomplices. Corbett was immediately arrested for disobeying an order and taken to the War Department in D.C. to be court-martialed. Eventually, though, the higher-ups relented and released Corbett, declaring him a patriot. Corbett was celebrated as a hero at first, but as his fame waned, he became increasingly paranoid, fearing that assassins were out to get him. Even before Booth's death, Corbett had a history of erratic behavior, the most extreme example being the time that he decided to castrate himself after getting aroused at the sight of some prostitutes. As his health and mental state deteriorated, Corbett found it hard to make money. Out of pity, a veterans organization secured for him a position as an assistant doorkeeper at the Kansas State Legislature in Topeka. This didn't last long because, following a dispute, Corbett brandished his weapon inside the State House. He was arrested immediately afterwards and sent to an insane asylum. In 1888, during outdoor exercises, Corbett stole a horse and escaped. He met with a fellow veteran who helped him book a train to Mexico and was never seen again. Various rumors of his demise sprang up, the most prevalent being that he died in the Great Hinckley Fire of 1894. None of these were ever corroborated. Number 6. Edward Sands Hollywood has always been a source of depravity and scandal right from its inception. On February the 1st, 1922, the motion picture industry was shocked by the murder of William Desmond Taylor, one of Hollywood's most successful and prolific directors. His death is still unsolved today, partly due to the fact that the main suspect disappeared without a trace. That suspect was Edward Sands, a man who used to work as Taylor's valet and cook. The subsequent investigation revealed that Sands had a history of petty crimes and had deserted from the Coast Guard. 
Sands took advantage of his relationship with Taylor, and while the director was in England in 1921, his assistant stole his car and jewelry and cashed in several forged checks. Obviously, Sands was fired, but he was never arrested. Therefore, when Taylor was gunned down in his bungalow several months later, Sands was considered a strong suspect. Investigators believed that the ex-valet burgled Taylor's home at least once before. It is possible that he tried it again, only to run into his former employer. Regardless, they never managed to track Sands down ever again. Number 5. Danny Walsh During the 1920s, there was a loose criminal organization dubbed the Big Seven, which consisted of the most powerful figures on the American East Coast. One of the members was Danny Walsh, an Irish-American gangster who controls bootlegging in Rhode Island. Walsh's criminal empire flourished during the 1920s, but quickly waned in the following decade as Prohibition was on its way out. On the night of February 2nd, 1933, Walsh had dinner with a few associates at the Bank Café in Port Tarsit and then simply disappeared. His family received a ransom demand for $40,000, which they paid, but it proved to be for naught. Danny Walsh, he was never seen again. We don't know what happened to Street Mega, but unsurprisingly, most stories floating around would suggest that he was killed by a rival. One popular tale says that the culprit was an associate of Walsh's named Carl Rattick. He wanted to take over the business, so he fitted Walsh with a pair of cement shoes and threw him into the ocean alive. Number 4. Sharon Kinney Sharon Kinney has the distinction of being the subject of one of the longest outstanding felony warrants in US history. Many saw her as just an innocent housewife, but she manipulated and lied to get away, and when that wasn't enough, she had no qualms about murder. It all started on March the 19th, 1960, when a deputy arrived at the Kinney household in Jackson County, Missouri, to find Sharon crying her eyes out. She said that her two-year-old daughter, Dana, had just accidentally shot and killed her husband, James, while playing with his gun. Police bought Sharon's story, and so did the insurance company that paid out a $200,000 policy. As it was later revealed, James was actually thinking about divorcing his wife because she spent all their money and might have been having affairs. After her husband's death, Sharon Kinney proceeded to spend all her money and have affairs. One of her romantic trysts was Walter Jones, a man who was married with children. He refused to leave his family for Sharon, and in retaliation, Kinney killed his wife, Patricia. She even helped to look for the body with another boyfriend, and they were the ones to discover it. This arrogance proved to be a step too far. When detectives heard about it, they connected the dots and arrested Kinney on both murder counts. She was acquitted of killing Patricia Jones, but sentenced to life in prison for her husband's murder. In 1963, that conviction was overturned due to a technicality, and two subsequent trials they ended in mistrial. While awaiting a fourth, Kinney went to Mexico. There, she killed a man named Francisco Parades Ordones. Kinney claimed self-defense, but Mexican authorities weren't buying it, and she was sentenced to 13 years in prison. In early December 1969, Sharon Kinney escaped prison due to a series of fortuitous circumstances, including a blackout in an unguarded window. She remains at large. Number 3. Michael O'Rourke Back in 1881, Charleston, Arizona was a boomtown on the banks of the San Pedro River, located opposite of Millville and near Tombstone. While people went to Millville to work in the silver ore mines located there, they would then travel across to Charleston to drink, gamble, visit a brothel or two, and more than likely get into a fight. One of the locals who frequented the gambling halls of Charleston was an 18-year-old man named Michael O'Rourke. He was better known to everyone as Johnny Behind the Deuce. On January the 14th, he was involved in an episode which became part of Wild West lore, mainly for the involvement of Wyatt Earp and his cohorts. O'Rourke got into an argument with a man named Philip Schneider, who worked as a chief engineer for the milling company. 
The exact nature of the altercation is somewhat iffy. One version says that Schneider made a comment at the card table implying that the deuce was cheating. Another said that the two first had words in a restaurant and that later escalated to violence in the street. Whatever the circumstances, the end result was the same. Schneider lay dead, shot by a rook. Constable George McClevy arrested the gambler, but his main concern was keeping him alive. Schneider was well-liked around the camp, and soon enough a large mob wanted to lynch a rook. McClevy put the deuce in a wagon and took him to Tombstone, where City Marshal Ben Sippy formed a posse to protect him. That posse included Wyatt Earp and his two brothers, Virgil and Morgan, and probably Doc Holliday too. As Virgil was the senior lawman among the bunch, newspapers of the time credited them as Deputy Marshal Virgil Earp and his companions. The Tombstone epitaph described the tense standoff. Marshal Sippy had over a score of men, but the lynch mob numbered hundreds. Despite calls to open fire on the crowd, Sippy maintained control of the situation and brought a rock to Benson's safe, where he was put on a train to Tucson. He was put in county jail, but escaped before his trial. The last reported sighting of Johnny Behind the Deuce was a few days later in the Dragoon Mountains, allegedly headed for Texas. Number two, Francois Villon. Francois Villon is hailed today as one of the best French poets of the late Middle Ages, but he was also a violent man with a long criminal history that eventually got him banished from Paris and from the history books. Villon's early life is a bit of a mystery. He was born in Paris sometime around April 1431, and we're not even sure what his real last name was. His parents were poor, but after his father died, Francois was taken in by a chaplain, Guillaume de Villon, and most of us, the idea of pretending to be someone else day in and day out sounds exhausting, if not impossible. Not for everyone, though. Some people slip into a new identity as easily as you'll slip into a pair of shoes. In fact, history is full of impostors who donned new guises and successfully pretended to be someone else entirely for money, power, or in some cases, just for fun. Number eight, Lord Gordon Gordon. The real name of Lord Gordon Gordon is lost to history, but we know that he was a 19th century British con man who was successful in impersonating a Scottish landowner. He swindled many people, most notable being one of the richest men in America, the notorious railroad magnate Jay Gould. When the con man decided to adopt the guise of a Scottish aristocrat around 1868, he became Lord Glen Khan in London. With the right look and the proper demeanour, he slowly gained the trust of others and persuaded them to grant him money loans or services on credit. When the fraud was exposed in 1870, Lord Glencairn disappeared from London and Lord Gordon Gordon emerged in America. There, he was even more successful as real Scottish lords were few and far between. He was aided by the fact that Gordon Gordon was able to deposit tens of thousands of dollars in a bank. It was the money left over from his British swindles that it instantly gave him credibility. He settled in Minnesota and announced his intention to invest in railroads. This way, he made the acquaintance of Jay Gould and convinced him that he owned a lot of stock in the Erie Railroad. Keen to do business together, Gould gave him half a million dollars as a sign of good faith, some in money and the rest in stock. This was intended as a guarantee. Lord Gordon Gordon was only supposed to hold on to the money, he wasn't supposed to spend it. However, when he began selling stock shares, Gould realized he had been swindled. The industrialist tried to settle matters in court, but the Lord just fled to Canada. This almost caused an international incident as Gould's associates crossed the border and tried to kidnap Gordon Gordon to bring him to justice. They were caught and arrested, and a US militia wanted to invade Canada to secure their release. The con man thought himself safe in Canada, but authorities eventually decided to extradite him. Not wanting to face prison, Lord Gordon Gordon shot himself on August the 1st, 1870. 
1944. Number 7. Wilhelm Voigt. On October the 16th, 1906, a German captain walked into an army barracks in Berlin and commandeered ten soldiers who accompanied him by train to the town of Copenhagen, east of the capital. There, the captain placed the mayor and the treasurer under arrest for embezzlement and confiscated over 4,000 marks from the local treasury as evidence. At first this sounded like a regular corruption bust, but there was a bit of a catch. The army captain was just a regular dude dressed in a uniform who changed into civilian clothes and left off with the money. His name was Wilhelm Voigt. In his late 50s at the time, he had spent half his adult life in and out of prison for various crimes. In 1906, he assembled a full captain's uniform by buying various used parts from different shops around Berlin. He looked, walked, and talked like an officer, and for German soldiers, that was apparently enough. They followed his orders without question, even the sergeant who allowed his men to travel with Voigt. The imposter was caught ten days after the impersonation and was sentenced to four years in prison. However, unlike most other con men, Voigt's brazen actions amused the public, both in the German Empire and abroad. He became regarded more as a folk hero than a criminal, and Kaiser Wilhelm II pardoned him after two years. Voigt was keen to take advantage of his newfound popularity and began making appearances in theatres, restaurants, amusement parks, and wherever else he was welcomed. Decades later, the memorable affair even became the subject of a play called The Captain of Copenhagen. Number 6. John Daedrus. One day in 1318, a one-eared man walked into Beaumont Palace in Oxford and declared himself to be the true Edward II and therefore the rightful king of England. The man's name was John Daedrus, sometimes recorded as John of Powderham, and all we know about his past is that he worked as a clerk and may have been the son of a tanner. According to his story, though, he was actually the son of Edward I, better known
shit don't get no better than this nigga. Shit only get better, nigga. Squad, they be 
son, where'd you find this? I got guana, feel like I came up from a bum. I got money out this world, and I'm on top now. So it ain't that much you can say. I'm different from the world, and ain't no stop on. You send shots, watch, we send eyes, but it's hit to make you girl. You, you, you ain't no doctor, so stop thinking that you won't get so dang with the shit you telling. Leon. Mr. Knock it off and knock you off, hope ain't no reason 
a lot of dead bodies down while he on. Paper soldier, get your ass drew on. Don't take this person who might find your reason. It's a murder scene, I guess he shouldn't have popped down. Crash forward, bet these bullets hot now. Fans watching, man, they trying to touch down. These niggas, bitches, watch how they get gun down. I swear I'm tired of these peons. I guess they used to run and reruns. You mad, just go breathe on. And when you see us, you know we mean business. DJ Bear, we on it. So much money, it don't make no fucking sense. Once I fuck a bitch, I name him, I forget. And if she suck me good, I might pay her rent. It don't make no sense. It don't make no sense. Got a hundred guns, nigga. I am with the shit. It don't make no sense. It don't make no sense. I'm trapping and I'm rapping, it don't make no sense. Got a hundred fucking guns and I be on dumb shit. Got my mama texting me like Fredo, that don't make no sense. But I can't be lacking shit, you know how shit is. Remember to break in them cribs, trying to pay my damn rent. Now I'm all up in sex, filth, ain't getting what I spent. Damn, trap smoking dope. I'm just coolin' with this love, bitch. She like Fredo, why you get all the gas up in your face? You know goddamn well that don't make no goddamn sense. I'm like, shut up, little bitch. Before I smack you into some goddamn sense. Sneak this in me, get flat like quick. Money coming fast, you on that hammer time shit. Rich my plug from me six, from me six. So much money, it don't make no fucking sense. It don't make no sense. Once I fuck a bitch, I name him, I forget. What's that business? And if she suck me good, I might pay her rent. It don't make no sense, make no sense. It don't make no sense, make no sense. Got a hundred guns, nigga. I am with the shit. With the shit don't make no sense. It don't make no sense. How I'm trapping and I'm rapping, it don't make no sense. Kissing on me, leaving lipstick on my box. Damn, y'all on me, nigga. I don't do no boxing. I smoke a lot of swishes, man. I need a couple boxes. What you stand at? You a fan of a Don't make me paranoid. I'ma reach for my chopper. Call a mucha juice and cape, and they gon' do a slot. I think the nigga ain't cause I fucked this baby motherfucker. 061 Front Street posted, ready for the drop. Killing anything that ever come between my cars. My plug from me six, from me six. So much money, it don't make no fucking sense. It don't make no sense. Once I fuck a bitch, I name him, I forget. And if she suck me good, I might pay her rent. 
It don't make no sense. It don't make no sense. Got a hundred guns, nigga. I am with the shit. With the shit don't make no sense. It don't make no sense. How I'm trapping and I'm rapping. It don't make no sense. Let's get it. Hey, hey, that's D back. Yeah. TV shit. So, so
I'm just trying to get my ends Feeling like Drake Don't need no new friends okay. I still ride with my day one niggas I don't really need no new friends No new friends No new friends No, no, no Hood Ricks Hood Ricks Hood Ricks Thank God for my ribs I can fuck your bitch Thank God for my ribs Man, this money ain't shit Thank God for my ribs Just spit the nigga rent Thank God for my ribs Thank God for my ribs Thank God for my ribs Too damn is late. Got money on my mind, and I'm more than great. 
Yeah, it's your boy SD, man. You listen to my debut album, Truly Blessed. Hey, I think my mind tripping. The clock ticket, ticket. What time it is? Go get some money. Wake up feeling good, you know I love the sun. What time it is? Let's get the money. Don't come and waste my time, girl. I'm just playing. What time it is? Go get some money. Wake up feeling good, you know I love the sun. What time it is? Let's get the money. Don't come and waste my time, girl. I'm just playing. The clock Fuck a bad dance, baby, don't you see my wrist has dancing? 
Flip like damn cheese, so so why you flexing? Cause I remember all the times I ain't had shit. Posted on Front Street selling coke. Bitch, I smoke dope, I don't snort dope. Bitch, I sell coke, I don't snort coke. I ain't get no fuck up, I was trapping. Pull up on the block and get the clapping. Couple bands on my clothes and my Mac 10. I'ma shoot a motherfucker, do this fashion. Turn two dang to a four piece. Whip, whip, whip. got shooters, well, show me. Got shooters on the squad like Kobe. Kobe. In my left pocket, by the whole thing. money, this off cocaine. Nigga, That's my domain. Remember posting on the block with three dope names. Selling all the fiends while I'm toting. I ain't give a fuck, loads of money coming in. Trapped in a trap, I whooping up a whole key. Turn two dang to a four piece. Steady got shooters, well, show me. Got shooters on the squad like Kobe. Kobe. In my left pocket, buy the whole thing. Ain't no rules to this shit, bitch, them guns Know what it is Murder music, part two, bitch From the six, then they gon' spark bout. Uh, raise the murder rate. How this burner taste? Metal burn his face. They be missing. You singing like case, nigga. 
Out in traffic, we ride with them semis. Hundred shot, two titties. Get retarded just like Lil Timmy, huh? Trigger figure itchy. 40 get a nigga sitchy. Keep my blicky. FN split a group up just like Pretty Ricky, huh? We them blickers, we kill most of them niggas. And the glizzy on me kick us out in style like the Rizza, bitch. Phone them clapping 40s. With that shit, we clapping shorty, huh? Spinning blocks with Porky. Jump out through a nigga, dirty, huh? Breezo back, I had the dust off my shoulders. Iceberg head wraps like the No Limit Soldiers, nigga. Wrist like Master P. Pistols cause catastrophe, huh? You heard a blast for me, then nigga, take this blast for me, huh? And free blast for me, huh? My homies really savage. Traffic with them cannons. Play with drums, the fuck is Nick Cannon, huh? Big great slamming, huh? Jamaican guns ain't jamming. Hop out and we fanning. Play with white, that shit, the code of fanning. Nigga, we high speed to the cock crash. Our traffic dog fool like it's door dash. Let me talk to him, These slugs are walk through him. Put the hope to him. This body stretched out in traffic. Put the choke to him. Bitch, I'm really nice. I came with plenty of pipes. And your bitch a dyke. One hit wonder niggas OB trice, huh? I've been nice for months. It's back to the basics. Put this 42 to his chin and get that nigga a facelift. Bitch, let off four shots, huh? Slugs hotter than some cold rocks. Rearrange his face to save from Botox, huh? And we smoke ops, huh? And we hold blocks, huh? Blick a blow pop, huh? Get your whole shot, huh? I don't give a fuck. I'm banging, throw a setup. Two, two, three, and chopper. Rip your body from the neck up. Pistol in the party. Get retarded. Tell him catch up. I'm flexing with my weapon. I got muscles like a wrestler. I'm a wrestler, Change a life, show her how it go. 
I spent so much money, that's the way it goes. Go. We don't fuck with niggas, that's the way it goes. Go. Spazzing on these hoes, that's the way it goes. Louis Gucci luggage, that's the way it goes. I'm ballin' on your idol, that's the way it goes. Go. Chasing at the bands, bitch, I'm sacked up. Let's get it. Soup flexin' niggas, get your money up. Don't you be a problem, cause we quick to solve. Smoking on the best, love this shit 300. Motivating niggas, I'm a walking lick stain. Presidential shit, the hood, Donald Trump. Let's get it. She looking at a nigga, now she wanna fuck. Louis Gucci shopping, that's the way it go. Cup full of lean, got me moving slow. Pictures just ain't perfect, get them bundled up. For my daughter, I design y'all. Paper chasing nothing, they can stop us. They say we the topic, that's the way it goes. Talk around the world, that's the way it goes. I could change a life, show her how it goes. I spent so much money, that's the way it goes. We don't fuck with niggas, that's the way it goes. Spazzing on these hoes, that's the way it goes. That's the way it go, go, go. I'm ballin' on your idol. That's the way it go, go, go. Sleep 24 hours, that's that clockwork. Clock on the ground every day, that's that clockwork. Clock can't stop, keep going, that's that clockwork. Clock, that's that clockwork. Clock, that's that clockwork. Clock, no sleep 24 hours, that's that clockwork. Clock on the ground every day, that's that clockwork. Clock can't stop, keep going, that's that clockwork. Clock, that's that clockwork. Clock, that's that clockwork. Clock, go all the way back when I was a young nigga. Young got my first pack, fell in love with drug dealers. I was hungry and thirsty, and I'm still is. That's why I grind hard, like I got six kids. Damn. New car, new house, that's what them bricks did. Bricks. New jewelry, new kicks, what them licks did. What? I was born fucked up, I wasn't a rich kid. No. Just a young hustler that know how to flip shit. Work. When that work coming ten like bitch quick, what? that's when you know you got some strong. One shit. When that word come in ten like this quick, that's when you know you got some strong A1 shit. No sleep 24 hours, that's that clockwork. Clock on the ground every day, that's that clockwork. Clock can't stop, keep going, that's that clockwork. Clock, that's that clockwork. Clock, that's that clockwork. Clock, no sleep 24 hours, that's that clockwork. Clock on the ground every day, that's that clockwork. Clock can't stop, Keep going, that's that clock work. Clock, that's that clock work. Clock, that's that clock work. Clock, work. Six o'clock, jamming bags, that's that clock work. I got it. MOB, fuck a bitch, I put the block first. In the trap, fuck a job, that's why I work. On that eight, pushing weight till my arms hurt. In this bezel on my wrist, it make my arms hurt. 
wrist like this. What? You got a bird talk, bird. You got a bird talk, bird. You got a bird talk, expensive kicks like this. What? You got a bird talk, bird. You got a bird talk, bird. You got a bird talk, drive whips like this. You got a bird talk, you got a bird talk, you got a bird talk, you going to bitch like this. You got a bird talk, bird. You got a bird talk, you got a bird Bird talking with them pigeons, make them bitches fly to you. Looking like the police, I'ma have to lie to you. Run up on me wrong, boy, you don't wanna die. Doing shooters at your head, and they killing everybody's riding with you. Gino got the pistol, and we solving all these issues. In the field, we play with missiles, and these niggas soft as tissue. Savage squad workers, man, this the new order. And we kidnap your daughter. Catch a case, I call my lawyer. Gonna call up Pablo, place my fucking order. I need everything's that. good and long, she get across the border. Border 44 hole in them hands for a quarter. Quarter 44 hole in them hands for a quarter. What? Last week I met a plug in Minnesota. Minnesota. All white phone whip, same color coats. All white phone whip, same color coats. I know this one fiend, she's a very mad snorter. Damn. Wrist like this, what? You got a bird talk, bird. You got a bird talk, bird. You got a bird talk, expensive kicks like this, what? You got a bird talk, bird. You got a bird talk, bird. You got a bird talk, drive whips like this, boy. You got a bird talk, what? You got a bird talk, You got a bird talk, you want a bitch like this, boy. You got a bird talk, bird. You got a bird talk, you got a bird talk, bird. Santana, Mr. Chef up in the kitchen I got what you want Extra chickens with them biscuits Just call my phone Man, you know that I deliver I would be shit If it wasn't for my whipping Bitches see me getting money And they wanna kick it My neck is very cold, man I think it's frostbitten A nigga tried me Then he must have fucking lost it I got goons, I got goons That'll push you in the coffin Bang, bang then I put it in the soda Pull up. Buy a couple keys Then I need some baking soda Man. I got toasters, Man. I got shooters That'll put you on the poster Man. Keep my gun in my hand, man I don't use a holster no time, doing hits out of Toyota Scoring when I'm shooting Just like I'm supposed to Savage squad Man, these pussies can't control Savage squad Wanna know Damn. Wanna wrist like this What? You got a bird talk Bird You got a bird talk Bird You got a bird talk Expensive kicks like this What? You got a bird talk Bird You got a bird talk Bird You got a bird talk Drown whips like this You got a bird talk What? You got a bird talk You got a bird talk You want a bitch like this You got a bird talk Bird You got a bird talk Twenty-four hours.
was I do. I ain't All my niggas ain't at money, and we never missed. morning, cook the dope up on my Fredo shit. I didn't tell another name on my Diego shit. I buy a car, I load the truck on some impatient shit. And I smoke a lot of dope on some Jamaican shit. And when I count the money, stay up out my fucking business. And bitch, be savage squad. Fuck what make you think we're friends. Ever since I could remember, I just love hell. I ain't trust you around my money, need no help to get Then my niggas ain't none of us friendly. Squad. In the trap with ten guns, ain't none of them empty. Bang, bang. Bad bitches at my shows, they show me they titties. What? In my pocket, number money, them hundreds and fifties. In the trap, my favorite spot, you know it's the kitchen. Bag and work in the pot, I'm whipping and mixing. Big bundles, no shorts, I'm serving them pitches. I'm stretching them chickens, I'm flipping them biscuits. Every day at the money, I'm chasing them benches. The way I check a bitch, I'm down wine with the pimp. Smackin' funny ass niggas, actors just like Eddie Griffin. Actin' funny ass niggas, actors just like Eddie Griffin. What? Every sense I could remember, I just love hell. Yeah, she really, really down, yeah, she down, my bitch is bad. 
bad. I think I like her. I like her. That's my shawty. She really, really down for me. Down, yeah, she down for me when no one is around for me. When she get fucked up, when she get ugly. I swear she one bitch I can count on. And on the phone, rock my plug, her ringtone. I swear, man, I think that I'm falling for her. I swear, man, I think I'm about to score her. And all you broke niggas can't afford her. She got her own, man, I swear I can't ignore her. And when she hit me up, she got some money for me. She know I'm real. I ain't like the mother dummies. My bitch bad. I think I like her. That's my shawty. She really, really down for me. She do whatever I say. She ain't gon' say a thing. That's my shawty. She really, really down for me. That's my shawty. She really, really down for me. Down my bitch bad. I think I like her. That's my shawty. She really, really down for me. I can't fuck with you if you ain't got your money up. Broke bitches, they be on some funny stuff. Only wanna hang cause I got my money up. But I only want some hair while I'm off this double cup. When I give away, she make sure it double up. I swear, man, I can't find no other one. I swear to God, my bitch super down for me. She even go to Cali to get them pounds for me. And if you try to rob her, she got that thing on her. That bitch can smell finesse, you can't run game on her. My bitch bad. I think I like her. That's my shawty. She really, really down for me. She do whatever I say. She gon' hold that weight. She ain't gon' say a thing. That's my shawty. She really, really down for me. That's my shawty. She really, really down for me. My bitch bad. I think I like her. That's my shawty. She really, really down for me. Down for me. Ride up the tag clown. Leave 
his ass, posting like a bag of brown. My pockets kinda thick, I got a sag now. Y'all stunning on these hoes, make them face brown. Left them to the back, I'm counting stacks now. You loving on these hoes, man, they come and go. Watch me fuck her, do her wrong, she a fan though. Designer, everything, you wear the same clothes. And I got a bunch of bitches, not the same hoes. Watch me change those Stack, got the stack, I'm on the payroll This bitch, I got a hold and she a stain dope I be smoking by the pounds, I don't change those I'm in the fast lane, I'm in the fast car And I'm floating to the moon, I'm with NASA I'm in the fast lane, I'm in the fast car And I'm floating to the moon, I'm with NASA Every day I wake up, got a different Boyfriend, he lame, he ain't with the six Lay his ass down, we show him that ground Let my biker boys ride up and tack clown Leave his ass posting like a background My pockets kinda thick, I got a sag now Stunning on these hoes, make a face brown Left it to the back, I'm counting stacks now Pain of lean, lean, that's every day. Stupid, fresh, stupid, clean, clean, that's every day. Racks busting out my jeans, racks, that's every day. Glock, tech with shoestrings, that's every day. Hit the trap, that's every day. Get it back, that's every day. Re up, that's every day. Bust a brick, that's every day. That's every day. Every day, that's every day. Every day. That's every day I do this shit like every day. Going lean every day. Fucking bitches every way. Fat trail, slutty boys, gory boys getting paid. Honey clipping every K. Shooting shit like every day. 